Rich and Valley Radio, 88.9 FM. Welcome back to the State of the Environment program. And we're very fortunate. We have managed to grab Trent Gilbert. Trent is the uh, Country Labour Party candidate uh, for the New South Wales state, of, uh, state seat of Clarence. So he'll be standing against um, National Party Chris Galactus. And... Uh, Trent is absolutely flat out this morning, so I think we'll be able to talk to him for about 10 minutes. So let's seize the day. <laughs> good morning, Trent. Hey, good morning, Meg. Good morning, listeners. Hey, Trent. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Robin. Yourself? Good. That's good. So where do we start? Is there something that you would like to tell the listeners about? That's probably a, that's probably a good start. It's probably not a bad start. Yeah, look, mm. I think... Uh, the, the support that I've received from the community so far has been very positive. Obviously, uh, I think built primarily on, on what we were able to achieve last time in 2015. That was my first time out as a candidate. Uh, the, the support I received was very good. And, um, and I think particularly in 2015, because that was the big, really, referendum in the North Coast about uh, the coal seam gas issue, I think there was a... To, to have been able to have had the result collectively that we did in the community on that issue and, and really probably a lot of people that perhaps in the in the great geography of politics on the North Coast hadn't worked together very well in the past had come together. We're talking about people who have been very passionate about the environment, people who are passionate about farming and agriculture coming together and saying this is not on, it doesn't suit what we've got going on here and we need to get rid of it and to try and talk to uh, the the, the commercial aspect of the mining community to try and see what they wanted to do. Obviously, not, not much given the way they behaved. Looking at, at, at big party politics, obviously, where I'm sort of representing and looking at those in government and seeing what can we do to try and fix it. Tremendous result. And I think as time goes on, the, the success of that result uh, looks better and better, particularly given the, the lack of cooperation we see in politics so often these days. Mm. That, uh, that result's a very positive thing. And I was very proud, personally, and, and obviously as part of the Labor Party to be, to be a part of that positive result. And I think if that, if that sense of uh, unity amongst the community sticks around, and I firmly believe that it will on the North Coast, I think it's going to be a, an extremely long time at all, if ever, that we see coal seam gas or anything like it on the Northern Rivers ever again. Excellent, mm. excellent. That's so good. So a couple of really um, important issues just at the moment. Obviously, we've got the uh, unmistakable effects of climate disruption, um, uh, sort of for all but the really most radical climate deniers uh, have to face facts that uh, we need urgent redu reduction on uh, emissions. Now, I have spoken with um, uh, Adam Searle, uh, Adam's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. minister yeah. for uh, or shadow minister mm -hmm. at the moment um, for uh, energy and uh, climate change, and uh, it sounds like um, uh, you've got some good policies or Labor's got some good policies in the pipeline. Now, rooftop solar panels and batteries are a real proven uh, economical way to achieve this reduction. Um, at the same time reducing our electricity prices so uh, two win-win situations uh, what are your plans um, for encouraging and supporting people to add rooftop solar panels and batteries yeah well last week we were able to uh, release our policy on our solar homes policy which was uh, increasing the amount of uh, basically homes in New South Wales uh, up to uh, about a million homes that have rooftop solar and we're going to be primarily doing that through a rebate. The rebate will be $2,200 and I think, believe it's payable over about 10 years. Uh, but the, yeah, obviously looking to invest in people being able to invest in their own solar at home. 
We've also got the creation of a state-owned renewable energy company as well, uh, which will be owned by the people of New South Wales and will be producing just renewable energy for, for those people. So, and, and this is the sort of, you know, you, you talk to people in the community, you know, and it, as opposed to what, in my view, what the coalition want to do when they decide they want to do something about renewable energy. Their solution is always something to do with, you know, the private sector. You know, and, and I think I think we've we've probably seen the runs on the board as far as how that goes. You know, the so many aspects of our public policy that have had been touched by privatisation mm. and now producing incredibly poor results. That's right. Uh, Energy is no different. In fact, I would suggest uh, when people are looking at their power bills at the moment that the amount of privatisation that's happened at the various points throughout the uh, the energy um, chain from generation through to the person who actually uses it and pay mm. for it. Uh, privatisation has got a lot to answer for as far as the cost that we're paying for there. The same would be for um, the, the, the coalition's view on and how they actually treat renewable energy. So that's why it was great when, when Adam and, and Michael and, and the rest of New South Wales Labor were able to announce that publicly owned uh, renewable energy company. Mm. Uh, and it was and it was good. You know that that's been very well received. Did a lot of door knocking in Grafton on the weekend, oh, and uh, people were very positive about that sort of thing. Uh, mm. And people perhaps that that maybe haven't voted for us before, which is very positive mm. for me. They see the value in public ownership as far as this sort of thing goes, and, um, yeah, it's good to be able to provide it. Wonderful. Now, I've had a call from um, uh, one of our listeners, uh, very interested to know if Labor are going to support maintaining the uh, car reserve systems in our forests. Um, you may recall they... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, there were protections for old growth and rainforest, very hard won uh, reforms by uh, a lot of our um, environmentalists and conservationists, um, and rewarded by the uh, by the car system. And uh, um, the current regional forest agreements that the New South Wales government has introduced. Uh, threatens those uh, th those excellent um, reserve systems, and uh, there are uh, there are many many. I'm not sure we've got time to talk about it in any great depth, but uh, it's reducing frictions for our uh, headwaters, the buffer zones for our headwaters of the streams, which of course affects river health. This is the RFAs that are about to go out of, out of date, I believe. Yes, yeah. um, they've yeah. actually replaced them, although they weren't due to go out of date till 2020. Right. Yep. The current government has been pressured, presumably, by Forest Corp to, uh, to roll them over now, mm -hmm. and uh, they've actually removed protections for koalas and the uh, threatened species. It's a quite a frightening situation. Um, Twenty years ago, you know, that these reforms were put in place and uh, they were really hard won by the community and particularly people like NIFA, excellent Northeast Forest Alliance um, group. Now, um, currently, we have a situation in your electorate um, which uh, is uh, down at Whippery, the um, Gibberidgee State Forest. And uh, we have actually been into the forest and uh, done an audit and they, where they're logging, by the way, since they've been logging since, I believe, since November. Um, done an audit and identified high-use koala areas. Wow. Actually collected um, uh, actually 27 koala scats under one tree alone. 
And this and is in the area uh, where they've taken trees out? They're trying. Wow. We're actually in the process of logging this. Okay. Now, um, some of the uh, environmentalists went into the forest... Um, when was that, Rob? A um, couple of weeks ago, probably, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah two weeks ago. Yep. Including myself, uh, to see this and uh, to, to inspect the site. Uh, Forest Corp came along and uh, tried to chuck us out and to fine us. So we were saying, well, let's just show you, because obviously this is illegally logging, let's just show you the, the evidence of the koalas. And uh, they refused and uh, were going to fine everybody. And it was a big hoo-ha about it. Okay. Ongoing. Wow. But uh, what we really need is uh, from uh, Labour is a clear commitment to uh, look at retaining the forests for um, non-logging. And this is our public state native forest. Bearing in mind that you've got about 86% of the um, uh, timber quotas already coming from plantations. Um, but certainly Forest Corp need to be pulled up and uh, their practices, you know, they've got to be able to, um, what's the word, um, you know, stick, stick with regulations. And the EPA are letting them get away with these things so it's a real nightmare situation i think the big thing with um with those regional forest agreements is that um if you go back to when they were drawn up and and agreed to um as as has been put pretty clearly by uh, dale and pew from uh, from nefa who i, I met uh, or went to uh, one of his one of his talks here some time ago he said that and I agree with him that it was never, ever sustainable, even from a, no. a timber production point of view. And this is really where they've got themselves into, into drama. They've, they're coming to the end of these agreements. Mm. They're looking at the quotas of timber they have to provide. They've made commercial um, assurances to Australia's customers about timber, that, that we can produce this amount of timber, which come back to these agreements. And now that they're reaching the end, they're saying, oh, well, now we haven't got enough timber to be able to mm -hmm. supply the agreement, which is obviously a bit of a contractual problem. Um, that review process, uh, I've, I've spoken to Penny Sharp from Labor about those. I spoke to her approximately uh, six months ago and then, and, and then also since then as well about what we're going to do if in government with those agreements. She's essentially still working with uh, members of the, the caucus about how to do that and obviously consulting with the community as well. But we have to make sure that uh, the, the timber agreements... If, we, if, we're to, if we're talking about supplying timber, and particularly domestically, internationally, we need to ensure that it's sustainable in regard to what the environment can actually sustain. That's obviously the most important thing. I don't think there's... Um, I think I think the, the, the days of the, the timber industry are probably closer to the end than they are to the beginning. I'm not quite sure when that time is, um, but obviously the environment's going to tell us pretty quickly uh, how that's... Uh, the, the timing of that, but... Um, as far as, I mean, the, what disappoints me about the story you told me just then is that the, the koala protections are actually really clear. Of, of all the, what I would call a malaise of, of, of legislation in regard to the environment, which at times, even for the layperson, can be very, very difficult to try and navigate, the koala protections are actually really simple. Mm. If you see element, yeah. if you see evidence that the koalas are there, yeah. it's a no-go zone. Yeah. And there's a whole process for how that's assessed. So it's... It's um, a real no-brainer. It is. Really. It's, it's mm. actually one of the easier yeah. parts of the legislation to follow. Yeah. Um, and and I know that in the in the early phase of those RFAs, the cooperation that that the, the environmental um, sector we're getting from um, 
Forest Corp and, and, and the loggers was, was quite good, but that that's waned significantly over time. Um, that that needs to really be looked at because obviously once those animals disappear, we don't mm. get them back. No. Um, they're, an, they're an iconic Australian animal. You talk to international tourists and obviously I, I work in, in transport and, and, and I meet a lot of people from overseas mm. and one of the, their big things is coming and seeing our wildlife because yeah. it is so unique. Mm-hmm. Coming and seeing our, our wilderness and our, our wild environments because they are unique to where they come from, particularly our, um, our Asian tourists who um, um, are increasing and they, they, they like our area. So there's, there's, there's many benefits to, to getting this right, particularly from an economic point of view, but ultimately we need to look at what can the environment actually sustain as far as production and, and, and be really true to that. You know, if that's not the answer that industry wants, sometimes industry's just got to accept that's the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, the environment isn't going to just keep producing this material um, over and over and over if it can't actually sustain it. So mm. Penny's um, already on the, the RFA job as far as looking at those agreements, looking at what's going to happen in a Labor government, and I'm happy to keep you updated on how that's all going, but she said she's really still looking at the consultation process at the moment to make sure that uh, that we don't make those mistakes again with these new agreements. Mm. But let's not hope it's too late. Like, let's hope it's not going to be Absolutely, too late. Absolutely, yeah. Because once an old growth tree's gone, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, mm. and that was really upsetting too. When uh, when I spoke, um, when we went to that that meeting that Dalen was presenting, to look at the footage of the old growth trees, mm-hmm. and and they're not yeah. they're not old photos. Yeah. It was you know no, no. the photos were taken that's recently. Right. That's well, that's who you were in the forest. Yeah, with. it was. Yeah, and uh, also um, the the trees that have the all important hollows yes. yeah. for habitat. Yes, we actually saw them logged we actually mm. saw them lying mm. you know i mean several it's happening it's right several. now right so yeah. um yeah. It, we don't the environment does not have enough time to even do a three-month no. investigation no. it needs to happen now it does you're absolutely yes. right and uh you know you, you you've sort of you've got this situation where they won't look that they won't listen and where the EPA has now become complicit in that they're a toothless tiger. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I wouldn't too, you know, like, and obviously it's pretty confrontational when you're out there, but um, those people that are working in the timber tree, the blokes driving the trucks, the blokes out there on the saw, that's, you know, that's, that's their job. Um, they're given pretty heavy instructions to Absolutely. get that timber out of there. Yes. And, and, I would, and I would suggest, having not done it myself, but obviously you mm. guys have... Um, they're people, your people. Yes. They're, they're two people with pretty conflicting um, views as far as what they're supposed to do there. But, but, I mean, the blokes working there, they're there to do a job and they're told how to do it. And, and, that's, and they're yeah. good fellows. Yeah, absolutely. They're yeah, really yeah. good fellows. Yeah. And uh, the thing is that the trees that have to be retained are marked by the bosses. Yep. So the fellows who are doing the actual logging, is uh, it, it, they're not responsible they're for They're given this. a list. They're yep. given yep. the list. They're, they're shown. Yep. The trees are actually marked for... Or uh, R for retain and yeah. H for hollows and all that sort of thing, yeah. and they're not. They're, they're only marking a, a fraction of the amount that legally yeah. need to be marked. And when we talk about the timber industry too, mm. um, sort of on the other side of the environment stuff, and we talk about those people that work there, you go down to Clarence Valley, there's a lot of people that are employed down there. My, my big um, focus as far as their sort of work goes is, well, if this industry is going to sort of change and and probably reduce as far as the amount of jobs that are on offer, 
repositioning those people somewhere else is a big focus for me. I don't think Ex- exceptional. Yes, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think important. it's 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 right that. Um, we, we've had we've had policies in the past from an environmental point of view that have displaced a lot of people. That's right. Governments need to stop doing that. Absolutely. You know, you can't you can't just have one result and then leave the other negative results out on the edge just mm. for someone else to deal with because that's people's lives. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm I'm really keen to ensure that the you know guys who are driving log trucks, guys that are that are out there doing the work, we're looking at those skills and saying, well, if this work isn't going to be here at a certain point in time, What's what is, what is it, it and what can we get yep. you doing? And, yeah. the, and more to the point that as a person who's perspective wanting to go into government, that I want you out there doing something and yes. I want you to have a future. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's a really important conversation that we're going to keep mm. having with those people. Yes. I'm delighted you brought that up because there is so much opportunity for rehabilitation and yeah. uh, in the forests because the amount of damage that's been done prior to logging, which hasn't been, there's been no maintenance done by Forest Corp. So you've got these awful areas, uh, which again, I've seen myself, uh, dieback, uh, Bellminer associated dieback, which is actually logging associated dieback or lantana associated dieback. And and they're just, the the forests have been totally degraded um, because they haven't been regularly maintained. So, I mean, this kind of work, I mean, you imagine how... Um, you imagine how satisfying that would be for loggers to retrain or transition into this this kind of work that is so inspiring. Absolutely, and if you talk to, to people who were once uh, working in amongst forests, they're very passionate about those forests. They too. I mean, are. Even if, even if their role was, was essentially timber harvesting, mm. um, you meet uh, people who have retired or went on other work and you're driving yes. around the car with these people and they point those trees out and they go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. that's a such and such and that's part of this forest or that's part yeah. of this allocation. Oh, let me tell you a story about that. So yeah. they're connected to it in a different way. Indeed. But they're still passionate about that that um, that organism, that ecosystem as a particular thing. And um, I think yeah, perhaps in some ways when, when we look at the debate about uh, logging and, and forestry and the environment, perhaps some of that common ground isn't isn't spoken about enough no, that, that the guys that are, that are out there that are working in the community in in those trees and the people who are there trying to protect them actually have some common ground as far as both loving those areas but just wanting to use it for different things i think I that agree. needs to be better better explained and better and, better and utilized you see what uh, what the coalition are doing or what they you know the state National Liberal Party are doing, uh, in particular, Paul Toole. He was interviewed um, on ABC Radio. We haven't interviewed him here. He's the Minister for Forests, yes, as you probably Bathurst, know. Yeah. Yep. Now, he was deliberately divisive. Mm-hmm. He was deliberately saying that uh, environmentalists um, were trying to shut down, you know, the forests and trying to shut shut down logging and so that sort of that sort of rhetoric doesn't scare tactics and it doesn't help the debate we're actually you know no one's on on all sides of this we understand that uh people who you know are in the log industry are interested in in making a dollar for sure uh and interested in providing the 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 service as far as the timber Mm. goes we also understand that people on the environmental side of the debate are interested in protecting the environment but Let's not go out there and say that one's out there to eliminate no, the other, and let's not, no. let's go out there and say that, that it's going to become personal between no, those that's people. That's it. You know, it's it's a tough spot. It's our it's it's all of us as far as it's our problem to manage on mm. all sides of the debate. Mm. But geez, going out there and, and 
and you know, essentially pointing fingers at people and saying mm. it's their fault or it's no. their fault. You know, there's, there's got to be a happy medium. Yes, I mean, I would take be. the lesson from the coal seam gas movement there as well. Indeed. I mean, that, there's a lot of lessons as far as yes. as what happened up here when groups of people. You know, let's face it, farmers and the environmental movement haven't had a harmonious or always had a harmonious relationship Indeed. over the years. Yes, but they came together for that because there was some commonality. We need to have that same spirit again, and the Northern Rivers is a great area for that. Um, we, we've, we've done it very well, and I think that sort of spirit needs to come to this debate again to ensure we get an outcome that does satisfy what we're after. And, you know, the wonderful thing is for the Northern Rivers, it's actually still there. Absolutely. That, that yeah. community has yeah. still, mm. you know, uh, has still retained that wonderful cohesion. It's a, it's a remarkable area. You know, you, you sort of travel around, you see, you know, how different communities and different um, towns are positioned elsewhere in the state and around the country but up here you know you generally have only got to drive 20 minutes and you're in another town Indeed. there's what about a dozen of them that are sort of linking up all over the place all of them have got their own flavor all of them have got their own feel all yes. of them have got different things going on but there is a, a there's a unity amongst all that group that uh, that obviously worked very well in the coal seam gassing movement and we need it again for this issue as well. We do. Yep. Thank you so much. No, thanks Trent. very much for We've having me. We've run Thank over you. time, That's and all I right. know you're on a. I'll, 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 I'll get you to <laughs> you write a to note run. for Mr. Daly for me. I've <laughs> got to go and meet him up at Tweed oh, Heads, but right. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and please come back soon. Absolutely, yeah. 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 yeah well, I'm off. I'm off work, thankfully now, so we can uh, we oh, can do great. a bit more of this. That'd be great. Campaigning yeah. in earnest. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All the best. There's lots of things we didn't get to talk about. Yes. Big list. Big list. It is a big. I can see it from here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Good on you. Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Robin. See ya. Bye.